Greetings and blessings. Welcome to another episode of Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright with Vicar Lieber. And today we're going to look at the readings for the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. I will not read them for this episode, but they are Zechariah 9, verses 9 through 12, Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, and the gospel is from St. Matthew 11, 25-30. There is a common theme going through all of these readings, and it is specifically hope. And Vicar Leeper and I this morning have been discussing how hope applies specifically to the Christian life, the baptismal life, but even in the broader sense, what does it mean in our relationship with God? So I'm going to drop the big question on you, Vicar Leeper. What's hope specifically in these texts, and what would you like to go with it? No, that's a great question. And I think first we have to figure out uh, what do we mean when we even just say the word hope? Because it's kind of like the word love in that it's not super precise in our language. And maybe there isn't a better way, but it's kind of like how I can say like, oh, I love these pancakes, but I can also say I love my wife. And those are two very clearly different things, but we can use the same word for both. And hope is kind of the same way. I can say at the same time, you know, hope it doesn't rain. And also, like, I hope that I have a job next month. Two very different things, two very different weights, two very different reasons for holding those hopes. But we use the same word. I think that's what makes it kind of tricky. But in our, uh, our readings for this Sunday, the, the authors are going after something specific. So Zechariah is talking to um, these Jews who have been in exile in Babylon, and he's telling them to have hope, to have hope that this exile will end, to have ho- hope that a king will come and bring righteousness and salvation for them. A king will come and save them. But this is not the type of hope where it's where it's just looking to the future optimistically. Um, almost like we would say, oh, like I hope that happens. This is a hope that is grounded in something. This is a hope that has a reason for existing. And Zechariah explains to them that God made a covenant with you. God made a promise with you with his blood. And he will hold that promise. Now, for the, for the Jews, this, this covenant is looking back to this promise that God made with them way back after they got out of Egypt. But for us, we also hear these words in a different way because we hear them through the blood of Christ and the promise that God made by sending his son to live and die for us. So this hope that he's talking about is a hope that is founded and built on something very, very specific. It is founded and built off of Jesus. It is founded and built off of what Jesus came and did for them, what he came and did for us. And that's why he can make the promises that he does. Um, He promises them that he will restore them. He promises them that this king, this Messiah, will bring peace 
and rest. And if someone were to just say that normally, what's that built up for? Is that anything more than just positive thinking and optimism? But because we know that this promise is connected to what Christ has done for us, we know that it's solid. We know that it has a foundation. And it's something that we can actually hold on to. And that's the kind of hope that is being talked about in this text. So within this, I, I think it's interesting, especially when you bring up uh, covenant, because that's relationship. Right. And when we have hope in a relationship, this is so much bigger than, like you said, I hope it works out. I hope you will be my friend. I hope you will like me. I hope God will be merciful to me. The, the, this hope is a, a statement of life, and it's also a statement of relation. This is how we're going to relate to each other. But now, when God speaks of hope or promises hope, and as you said, it's grounded in something, and it is certainly not grounded in me or you, the work I do, the work I don't do, but what God has promised. And what I think is interesting specifically about the uh, Zechariah text is it's pointing ahead. The Messiah will come. Right. Zechariah doesn't promise, hey, we're getting out of exile. Things are going to be great. It will just be wonderful. It is the Messiah is coming. That's great, prophet Zechariah, when he's coming. Now, we living in the New Testament, we know that the Messiah has come in Jesus Christ, died on the cross, rose again, ascended, all for me. But now I live in the result of all of this. But that's some 2,000 years ago. And our hope is still the same, but our perspective is now behind us. And as we were talking before, this is really the tension you're talking about. Because it already happened, and I have it now, but I still live in a crummy world. Mm -hmm. I still live in a world of corruption, uh, where hope is talked about a lot. I hope things will work out. I hope this is good. I hope, I hope, I hope. But where's the promise? It already happened. Mm -hmm. And we only see the fulfillment of this hope in our death and resurrection. And I think this, I don't think, uh, St. Matthew, in the words that our Lord says, especially the last verse, or the last two verses. Take my yoke upon you and learn from it, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the hope of everlasting life. This is the hope of the peace that we discussed last week, the peace of knowing that the wrath of God is taken away. I really do have forgiveness. I really do have the love of God in Christ. And this hope then becomes grounded in his work. The continued preaching, the continued enmity, the continued worship, praise, thanksgiving. Again, it becomes this relationship. I'm going to talk and relate to you as my brother in Christ in the hope that we share because we get to face the altar, confess our sins, but also receive the very same forgiveness and receive the very same life then to return to our relationship or our relationship out in the world and the frustration of the corruption and frustration of uh, the corruptness and so on and so forth 
because I have the burden of Christ, which is the fulfilled law, the fulfilled work. And it changes completely the perspective. Because now, if you could see me, you could see my fingers are crossed. I hope <laughs> God loves me. No, I have the promise that God loves me. Because his yoke is placed upon me and not the full burden of the law. I, I think you're you know, hitting the nail on the head. And I think just a minute ago, you said something that's really sticking with me now. Um, I think you were talking about how this hope now defines us. This grounded hope that we have changes the way that we live. Hope always comes out of some kind of uncertainty. You know, hope is always arising out of you know, some sort of unknown. As a kid, that unknown may be, I don't know what I'm going to get for Christmas, but I sure hope it's an Xbox. As an adult, you know, I've got a lot bigger uncertainties, not to even to mention the coronavirus, but, you know, I ask things like, man, after Vicarage, I hope I graduate seminary. I hope I get placed in a congregation uh, that, you know, loves and supports me and where my wife and I can be happy. I hope that we can have kids and have a family and build a life there. But because it's the future, there's this, there's this uncertainty and there's always this uncertain element whenever hope is present. And I think that's the way that having grounded hope changes the way that we live life now. Because we know that we're not just bound to those uncertain things. They still happen. The promise here is not that all uncertainty in your life will disappear. But it can always be defined now in what Christ has done for you, who he says you are, which is his loved child. Um, and defined by that easy burden, that light burden that he has put upon you. You know, there's a, there's a line back in Zechariah to return back to the Zechariah text, where he says, Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. And I think this, this verse is just going to stick with me for a long time now. It's Zechariah 9, uh, verse 12, the first part of it. Returning to this stronghold, the stronghold that is God, the stronghold that is Christ, that is the easy burden of the fulfilled law, that we can always turn to, even in the midst of any uncertainty. We can always go back to the stronghold that is Christ. I think there's a, a famous Lutheran hymn about this. Uh, a mighty fortress is our God. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go look it up. That talks about this exact thing, always being able to rely on God, even in the midst of uncertainty. And the second part, the O oh, prisoners of hope. You know, we've, we've mentioned now that Hope doesn't erase the uncertainty that we have. As, as Zechariah is talking to these people, they're still exiles. They're still prisoners in Babylon. But they are now defined by their hope. They are now defined by the grounded hope that they have because of the promise that God has made to them. While we were still enemies to God, he sent forth his son in the right time to redeem and again, our redemption isn't from the world, from the problems, but it's redemption from hell, redemption of eternal damnation. 
It's the promise of forever after what we live in and live through. And as you very well said, hope is what we have in the fulfillment of Christ. This is the great and wondrous joy of the things that are given and preached here at Holy Cross. And I would invite you to join us at 8 o'clock on Sunday. That is our service that is also live streamed. And then our 945 service. And you will hear the hope that is found in Christ our Lord. I encourage you to invite others to listen to this podcast as we seek to spread the very hope of Jesus for the sinner so that others may know the light burden that is only found in Christ our Lord. God's peace and blessing with you.